evening, everyone. Evolutionary.org podcast coming your way. Episode 394. Guys, this is a compound episode, but we have two special guests in the house. Steve Smee here. The Rickster. What's up, buddy? Introduce our guests. Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? And today we have Mr. Dylan Jamelli and Mr. Nelson Montana. We're going to be doing our regular Q&A, but today we're going to have these guests on and they're going to give us some of their opinions on some of these topics guys so let's get it going hey guys you guys want to say hi dylan uh, nelson you guys want to say hi hey what's up How's everybody what's doing? up everybody all right so the first question we're gonna basically um this question is for both nelson and dylan nelson you're the senior. We'll let you uh, lead off on it. <laughs> the question oh, is, man, that train is never late. That train, that train arrived just on time. Beauty, I get it. I know, but in my case, it's kind of both. But it's all right. That, so steam, guys, that steam engine pulled it to the port, pulled it right at the right time. Let's go. So, guys, the first question everyone wants to know this: What's the best steroid cycle for a newbie? So, Nelson. First, then Dylan, fill us in. What's what's your opinion on the best? All right. Well, I, I I might fuck up all the answers here because I'm gonna <laughs> real simple. Um, I I'm old school. I I would say you use one compound, and the reason for that is so you know what it's doing. You know, guys say, oh, do some Anavar and do some you know test base and you know throw in a little of this and throw in a little of that. I say if you're a newbie and you've been working hard and you've been doing every you everything you can training, supplements, diets, to build every ounce of muscle you can, you will get great results from the slightest bit of help. I mean, like I'm talking 10 D ball a day and you will get results. So that, that's my take on it. I, I, I say, play it safe, just try a little bit. And if you're really serious, if you're really serious about training and building muscle, you take that 10 D ball a day, your, your progress is gonna double. And that should be, that should make you happy enough. Did I just fuck everybody's answer up? <laughs> All right, Dylan, Dylan, how about you, buddy? All right. Well, I guess I'm probably not going to start this off the way we want because I'm not going to disagree because if you ever followed me and anybody listening, everybody knows I and, and exactly as Nelson, I am a one compound guy, your first cycle. But it also depends on your age and ex- like when I say sure. experience, sure. yeah. Yeah. You know, in, in terms of how long have you been lifting? What's your current condition? There's some factors that got to go into that. If you really, really want a real direct, you know, custom tailor fit cycle for you, I can just say, Hey, as a newbie run this, but when I kind of teach it, I need, I need information. So, but I, I'm a, like a test only guy for a cycle and, and it's not, you don't need a lot. I always see this. You got to have 500. You got to have 500. You got to have 500. I, I think that is just, I just totally disagree with it. I, I don't know why you need 500. You can easily get results in 300 to 350. You can mitigate side effects, not have a bunch of estrogen conversion and over shut down that you, you know, and, and longer recoveries. It's just not necessary. So I, I don't buy into that. And you can run an oral first alone. And I'd say run something like a D-ball or an Anavar first if you want to go that route. But when I factor in the age, sometimes I'll say, why don't you start with a SARM or a peptide first too? It just depends. There's a lot of factors in there. But I'll tell you this, and I totally agree with Nelson, a little bit goes a long way. And you don't need to be stacking a bunch of shit the first cycle. 
You need to learn how your body responds to something foreign and, and you need to kind of stick with that, at least in my view. Everybody's different on how they look at it. I just tend to think about longevity more than I want to get huge right now. Well, let just... me let me jump in real quick before Rick follows up. Let me ask both of you guys. Say a 20-year-old is out there listening to this. What, what advice would you give him? Should he wait? Do you think he should wait? What's the age minimum and why? Nelson, uh, I'll ask you that first. Um, I would tell somebody to wait, but I would preface that by saying, not because, oh, you're too young, you're too stupid, whatever, none of that shit. It's just that I think that you're capable of a lot of gains at that age, naturally. And why waste it? Why lean on that crutch? Why not build the best body you can get while you have the tools, essentially, and then when you want to kick it into overdrive, you know, the gear is there. So for that reason, I would recommend somebody, um, but look, you know how it's like, you know, a lot of these guys are lazy. They want instant results. And let's face it, the, you know, the gear gives you those results pretty quickly. But I, I'll tell you this also, the guys who waited and build a solid foundation are the guys who keep the muscle later in life. The guys who jump on the gear right away are the ones who are always like jumping back on gear to have a body. So that's my take on it. Dylan? Yeah, I'm going to kind of feed off that a little bit too because i mean i've never made it a secret even when i was in my later 20s and whatever that i did not think and did not advise anybody that was in especially 20 years old and i hate to put a well this is the set number on it but i didn't want anything to do with ever offering any steroid advice to anybody under 25 i'm not and i always tell everybody i'm not your dad you don't have to listen to one thing I tell you, but if you're going to ask me my thought on it or what I would recommend, it would be to hold off. And it would be for some of the, the reasons that Nelson said, you know, and, and I'm a big believer in getting every last bit out of what you can naturally before you go for the enhancements. And also, I don't find it wise to be messing around with your hormones too much in your 20s. It's it's just. Oh, yeah. You know, yes. And you're just not developed. You, you can, some people get offended and say, I'm a man. I don't like, okay, great. Call yourself a man. But internally, you're not yet a fucking man. You're just not. And there, there's nothing wrong with it. That's just life. So why mess with that? Why possibly stunt growth? Or, you know, a lot of times when people use a lot of steroids at a younger age, they get big too fast because they're already undersized. And what does it do? Puts a lot of pressure on joints, ligaments, tendons. And then you see guys that are always injured. Always. You don't want that. You, don't, you, you Then you're never in the gym. And I think more long-term, especially as I've gotten a little bit older and had to realize certain mistakes I've made in the past. And if you're thinking long-term, and, and you don't understand in your 20s, which sucks, and you don't want to listen to anybody. But if you think long term, you'll realize your best gains are like when you're fully developing into a man, like when you're in your 30s and 40s. That's when you get like the keep more keepable type of gains and more longevity there, I guess. Yeah, and Dylan, I Dylan, you know that uh, if somebody's 20, that's the oldest they've ever been. That's all they know. Yes. And they don't want to hear, you know, the future. To them, it's, you know, it, it's all right now. So it, it, I think it's a tough sell to somebody that age. But I agree with you. I just would say I'm not going to give you any advice. You're on your own because I don't think you should be doing it. 
I'll tell you and I completely agree. And, and I'll tell you what, I used to kind of be more prickish in my answers. And I admit it, openly admit it, I was. And, and I was kind of just talked down, talked down. And now I just tell everybody, look, I'm not your fucking dad. Here's what it is. You do whatever the hell you want. And that's it. You know, and then they can't really say anything. And I said my piece, laid it out. I can still feel good about it, you know? And then fuck, you do whatever you want. I, I don't, I'm with you and I'm sure you feel the same way as I do. I don't want all that talk back and all that snap back and all that shit when you're trying to help somebody, you know, do whatever the fuck you want, but here's the advice. So that's it. I don't think people realize when they get into their thirties, the 20 year olds or 25 year olds, they get in their thirties, they meet a girl, they get married. That girl's going to want a baby. She's yes. her biological clock is ticking. She's going to want a baby. If you can't give her a baby because you don't got any sperm because you shut yourself down, she's going to get pissed and you're going to probably going to get a divorce. So it's going to be a very stressful situation. So before you destroy your reproductive system, you probably want to think, think things through a little more. Bro, that's, you know? that's me in and a plus nutshell. Your, your, your priorities change too when you get older. Yes. And you don't think they're going to, but they do. I, what you just laid out, that's me. Because I decided that, hey, I'm just going to stay on TRT when I don't even fucking need it. Everything I preach against, I went ahead and did it when I thought I knew everything and you know what I could I never was me and Queenie still you know now she's 43 I'm 39 we're not having kids now you know and I was so focused on career career and didn't go address the issue and it just it is it's too late it, you know it is what it is well you got to so, do what I did to get a cat and then that's you- what I did that's <laughs> what I did we got a fucking kitten that's I love my cat thing. <laughs> me too you, you got the you- you guys take your cats out on walks on a leash by any chance i've tried it i've tried it you try to put a leash on your cat nelson how did that yeah she out? didn't dig it not at all not at all did it dig it at all but, no but them, them snobby new york cats so <laughs> oh good animals i i i love that uh, animal like it's my child but uh, no but i know what you guys are saying look everybody here's been 20 all right some a little yeah. <laughs> sooner than others you know so, some, <laughs> one of the things you know, that i that i see i'll, I'll throw it in there i'll throw in a little something uh guys um we've kind of addressed this question before in the podcast i've had different answers at different times and all the answers are, are right in a way or another now i just want to add this a lot of guys are doing steroids just way too early on like you're supposed to really do five eight years of natural training bust yeah. through some through some plateaus naturally like before you even use steroids you should be one of these guys you should be at a level where you can see how your physique changes throughout the day where you can tell a difference in, in your physique and how your muscles look just adding creatine. You should be at that level already where you're training, where you're dieting, you're eating, and all your training is at the top where your body is, is at that pinnacle. That's and then true. when you throw when a little bit of steroids, yeah. You when you throw a little bit of steroids on top, man, that's when you get those 20, 30, 15 permanent pounds on your first cycle that you be able to keep. It's when you've pushed your muscles all the way to, to that level to where – you just, you know, you need to juice after five, eight years. But a lot of guys are just starting on very early. They don't know their body. They don't know them themselves. They use shit. They can't even tell what's working or what's not. Well, let me you know, ask if you guys something. You guys are a little bit younger. I'm coming from a different place. But I think all, you're all around 40. So when you guys were starting out, the accessibility wasn't there, was it? Was it just like, oh, just like I'll go online and buy some gear? 
Oh, I don't know. Guys- that shit was always there to me, for, for me. I mean, I once I decided I wanted to get gear, it was, it was in my hands like in a couple less than a couple months. I mean, it's it's always been right, well, yeah, but I think. I don't know. not not everybody's like as like up to to snuff or resilient like like maybe we are not that like we're something special, but we just kind of all of us are more like if we want something, we're just going to figure it out and get it done. And not everybody operates that way, you know. But I, I think that's the difference because with me, I mean, I had to like find the guy at the gym and, you know, get friendly with them. It wasn't like I could just go online because prior to around 2000, there really wasn't a lot available. You know, you yeah. had to kind of know somebody. And so, well, the point I was going to make is the kick was really building muscle and finding new ways of training and finding that next supplement. That was the kick and making those little tiny gains. I think when the, um, it's just so accessible right now. And they know they could just go on a cycle and make super fast gains. It's a real, I think it's a really hard thing. It's, it's a little too tempting. It's hard to uh, resist. For these young that, that makes, and that's an absolute fact. And as the time has gone on, especially when like pro hormones and, and that could draw more interest and get you in a little deeper when you're kind of, cause even I'll, that's how I got started was looking at a fucking pro hormone and it took me into the forums. And that's, you know, uh, when it was that accessible and people understood and those pro hormones were getting out there and then they're like, oh, shit, I want to get deeper into this. That kind of is when it really started to change and where it was like, OK, and then they started learning how to get it. And then what you things- say that was for you? When did you find that? Oh, OK, now this sort of opened up for me in terms of getting gear. Like 11 or 12, right around there, I think 20, 2010, 2011, 2012. Okay. So, all right. All right. And yeah. that's when you started training? That's not when I started training, but that's when I was more looking into using things. I mean, shit, I've been training since I was, fuck, three, four years old. I've got videos of training with my dad. I mean. All right, so you have that background. You have that. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. 100%. That, that's my whole life. I mean, shit, I was four sports in high school, and we were always, it was train, 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 never take a break. If you could have gotten something 10 years earlier, would you have taken it? I really don't think so. I really don't. I was, and that was honestly, Nelson, that was like, my mom had certain fears into me, the way I was raised, you know, Italian mom. Yeah. 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 And in high school, you could just go to the vitamin shop in my town and pick up Andro right off the shelf. And I did. Yes. Uh, yeah. I did go yeah. there and I talked to the guy. Yeah, there. The, the, those were pretty trash. Those were like the dials. Yeah, yeah, it was trash. From, like, but I'm just saying. 1999s. But I mean, yeah. he suggested that I take later. that and I didn't take it just because it was like 60 bucks for a bottle. And I couldn't afford that. I was making five twenty an hour, a nickel above minimum wage. I, I couldn't even afford it. So, I mean, you could have you could have got it back in those days. Uh, we're talking the late 90s. I remember just, that. Yeah, they were um, back then. You could even order off the back of magazines. There were guys that were running ads, and you you send them money orders or cash, and they would actually send your shit back. It was it was remember, risky, uh, that was risky shit. Bill Phillips did an article on, on Muscle Media two thousand where he actually sent some money out to get some ready jacks, and they actually fucking came in the mail. <laughs> and he it was he wrote it. And he said, <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that's how I got started in steroids was reading uh, Muscle Media, um, Dan Duchesne and. And really, the scandals in 1991 with with the Olympics is what really kind of got me interested. Like, holy shit, there's stuff you can put in your body that could make you super. 
Like there's things that you can put in your body that can make you stronger, faster, whatever, you know, and that, that, that started opening up my eyes, I guess, into what I'm, what I'm into now. Just, just the fact that you can use chemistry to change how your body works. So, I mean, that, that's kind of what started to draw for me was kind of experimenting on myself. I was, oh, it's fascinating. Cause I, I was a natural, I was proud of being a natural athlete, but it was just so fascinating. The topic that these drugs are going to do, they're going to uh, speed up, accelerate my improvement at what I want. I wanted more muscle and these things are going to give it to me. And I was just so fascinated by that, that, um, you know, I had to jump in, but, but I did it late. I was, I was a late coming to the game and I'm glad, I'm glad I didn't uh, start too early, but uh, again, I just think it's, it's tempting and very accessible to a lot of young guys today. I, I got a we'll, funny we'll, one we'll, for we'll, you real quick. Go ahead, uh, go ahead. Um, well, just kind of talking about what got you into it, what got you into it. You know, what got me into it, like interested in learning and studying it was um, I was a huge WWF fan. I mean, fucking huge. And when they started to have the things and I was like nine, 10 years old and they were busting them or coming after Vince McMahon and Hulk Hogan and everybody, that's when I started like, wanting to learn about it and, and understanding it because of that that's what turned me on to it altogether so yeah the bad the bad press it sounds like just you and i the bad press that's supposed to be bad press is what kind of got us curious about it it's yeah it is well when mark mcguire got busted for andro you know nobody wanted that shit and now everybody wanted it yeah exactly i it, you know what kills me it's like when you actually understand compounds and how this works and what it is because you know if you don't know shit and you're just hearing what they're telling you on the, on the news and stuff and 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 what the players are saying oh i didn't know i was taking this and how bad they're making it out to be you would just listen to it and go oh shit these are really bad da, 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 da. but now that you know i'm just like these motherfuckers are the biggest lying pieces of shit like on the things that they say and portray and they just convince everybody you know, on things. It's, it's just incredible. It's just you know what? incredible. That, that kind of thinking, it, it's almost like the, um, you guys wouldn't know what Reefer Madness is. It was an old movie like in the 20s where they made pot, where they made weed out to be this, you know, horrible drug. And it's a big joke. I think because the dangers of steroids were exaggerated that people started thinking like, oh, they're really not that bad. They're fine. And I think a lot of guys actually underplay the dangers now. Where you have guys, and you've seen it, you've all seen it, people recommending to, to newbies, you know, 1,000 MIGs a week for 10 weeks. And um, like, oh, it's nothing. It's like, oh, Anavar, it's fine. It's mild. You know, I, I don't think that's the, uh, the smartest approach either. So it goes back and forth. I think we've no, gone I, full circle. I, I think our whole, uh, a lot of our listeners have gone full circle with this, unless you're young. I think if you're you know, in your 40s, you've gone full circle. Like I've tried, you know, harsh steroids. I tried mild steroids. I've kind of gone full circle with it. And I've seen what trend did to me, like not just physically, but emotionally. I mean, I have three herniated discs and a torn rotator cuff because of trend. And, and, but, and you bang you know, some hood rats and you bang some hood rats. Remember? Yeah. And I, I have several <laughs> STDs uh, thanks to trend as well. And I lost, you know, I have a divorce. I have to pay alimony and child support and on and on. In my uh, 
my jail sentence was for no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> my yeah, sex yeah. change that, operation that, was because of trend. Yeah. It really fucked me. Well, you gotta talk to Rick on that one. I don't know much about that. <laughs> So, right. so, uh, so let's, let's let's move it up to the next one, guys. So let's do uh, a drugs for endurance. So we have a good uh, a good group of guys here with different uh, different specialities. So, what are good drugs for endurance? Uh, what you guys uh, say? Who's first, me? That's right. Yeah, go um, ahead, man. Um, well, the oldest, woman in the, the oldest old... woman in the table gets her wine poured first. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going old school again. Um, I'll go old school and I'll, and I'll go a uh, new wave here. Um, old school is winning. Um, I find that really uh, improved for endurance. I am not a stimulant guy. I don't respond well to them. I don't like them. So any of that stuff uh, is kind of off the table. That's a no for me. But uh, I'll, as far as the new shit goes, and I've done a lot of investigating on this, and actually Dylan helped me out with this. I think the one compound that I find really impressive so far, um, obviously, everything has always got a little uh, potential problem down the line. But uh, SR9009, I mean, that I am impressed with this. And um, the fact that they haven't found any side effects uh, doesn't mean there aren't any. There's not a ton of research on it. But um, I love the fact that it's not essential nervous system stimulant. And the shit works. I mean, it really in in increases stamina and endurance. So that would be my, uh, that would get my vote. All right. Anybody else? Well, I'm so glad Dylan, you like that, it, by the way. Dylan, you, you talk about a lot. You're running. You run a lot. You run probably like, what, 70 miles a week, 60 miles a week? Yeah, kind of. It's cutting out on me pretty good. All right. Did you hear the question? Oh, we lost him. Yeah, he dropped. He should be able to call back in, I think. Yeah, yeah, come on. He's got worse. He's got worse internet than you, Rick. My God, <laughs> what the hell is going so, on? So go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Steve. You, you, you tackle. You go. Yeah. So, uh, guys, we're waiting on Dylan to come back, but yeah, endurance. Um, what I found over the years is a lot of there's a difference between short term running and long term running. I mean, once you hit three quarter mile, one mile mark. I mean, the pumps from steroid just destroy you. I mean, the back pumps, um, you know, it's interesting on Anavar, I got lower back pumps for some reason, but on D-Bowl, I got leg pumps, especially like in the front and back of my uh, legs, lower legs. Oh, so yeah. I think that's funny how one steroid gives you pumps on a certain part of the body. And I've run them multiple times. I've had that happen. So I, I thought that was interesting. Maybe my running style was different not really sure but um if you I get ball maybe with ball because it increases uh, blood volume so when you're using your legs you're essentially pumping blood into your legs and the d-ball will definitely exaggerate that yeah all right yeah. i'm back yeah so dylan we're we're talking about endurance stacks and you you run quite a bit you run what 60 miles a week 50 miles a week yeah, I do. Well, I do 10 miles a day, five days a week now, because otherwise my body's just not going to hold up. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so give us uh, give us the best endurance stack. A lot of uh, guys out there want to improve their endurance or their runners or whatever. What's a good endurance stack that you would recommend? Okay, so this is my favorite favorite part of it. You know that. So I, I can go on and on. I'll try to keep it brief. Um, 
steroid wise, you know what, that doesn't get talked about that I've, and, and I can tell you because I know what increases my endurance and what doesn't and Prima Bowling, I'm not saying it's going to, oh my gosh, blow you away or do something crazy. But every time I've used it, I have noticed better runs, not drastic, but definitely have noticed a difference. And then Equipoise, other one that I've noticed some differences in, I think it gets way, way, way too much love and hype for what it can and cannot do in the endurance aspect, but it does work hundred percent. Um, but <clears throat> GW 501516 is untouchable when it comes to endurance. There's no competition. It is clear cut number one. And then SR 9,009 would be number two for me. Um, and then another one that does not get talked about is RAD 140 actually is quite good in the endurance apartment, nowhere near the other two that I just mentioned. But if I was going to give you an endurance stack, those three and S4, those are the best four, but GW and SR, it's not even close. It's a million miles. And I can tell you that with hundred percent certainty because I've coached it for what, eight, nine years now. And I've tested it on myself over and over I mean, I ran like Forrest fucking Gump. I know the difference where I could have just ran all day some days. So um, for me, that's clear cut. Um, I've also I noticed. It felt like running. <laughs> that's what it felt like, man. Man, I wish I had GW back <laughs> in the day when I was doing triathlons and stuff. Oh, shit. You know? Can you imagine? Back then, I mean, I don't know how many people were taking it. What do you think? You think people were taking it like 10 years ago, 15 years ago? I don't sure, know. Now man. everyone takes it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do know that cyclists were, were popped for it. And, and there's been Olympians that have been popped for it, you know, in like 20, 2008, 9, 10, I think it was. So it's yeah, been everyone uh, was using it in 2008 Olympics. They didn't even ban it until the next year. So yeah. Well, those guys are up on that science right at the uh, right, right, right around the corner. Yeah, they, man, GW, it's, it's, it was used for so many years before they really started to get good tests uh, available for it. It's incredible. Rick, do you remember when GW first, first, like, came to market and came out? And, um, man, I want to say it was, like, 2013 or 14. Yeah, yeah the, the first four that came out were uh, S4, Osterin, GW, yeah. and LGD. And those were the first four that came out. And I believe S4 started coming out like around 2011, 12, 13. That's when I yeah. first saw S4. And then they, I mean, they, those, those first four were there for a while. And then everything else dropped right behind it. But I mean, they, it was groundbreaking, man. They changed the game completely for everybody. It's incredible. I, and I remember because first came GW, then came the LGD after it. And you had your big four with you know and that was always the sarm super stack was austrian s4 gw lgd 677 was there but nobody had it nobody there was i remember there was like one place that sold it nobody had it nobody knew anything about it and the funny thing is is it had the most studies done on it for the longest amount of time yet nobody that's what's crazy about it but i remember what do you about first, uh what do you think about epo and blood doping have you ever tried that Oh shit. No, I, I wouldn't. If you paid me to do that, I would not do it. No, I, I would never. Um, no, 
absolutely not. <laughs> uh, GW is about the extent of what I'm willing to do to boost my endurance. But wouldn't you say that um, EQ is kind of along the same lines? I mean, that really increases blood volume and thickens the blood and creates, you know, gives you stamina in that regard. But uh, and that, that's the danger of it. That's something I would not recommend for older athletes. But um, have you tried that in terms of uh, testing it for endurance capabilities? Yeah, no, I, I definitely have. I've, I've seen endurance benefits with it. Absolutely. Um, but nowhere near because with GW, it's increasing your VO2 max and it's just allowing for so much. And if you if you're keeping at it and really trying to push yourself, it's part of the problem with people is they don't realize how much more they're, they're, they're going to be able to do and they don't push themselves hard enough. Um, I, I still remember to this day, the first time I ran it. I, I was like a five mile a day runner, five to six at that time. And I'd never ran 10 miles in my life, never. And I kept going and I, kept, and I just kept going, man, I'm not getting tired. I'm not getting tired. And I ran that 10 and I stopped because I kind of got freaked out. And then my runs through that time, then they finally increased because I was stuck on five, six miles for a fuck. I don't know, man, six, seven years. That was where I was at. And after I ran that one time, it, it got me up and I continued to move up and that's now I'm at 10. And so for me, that was what did it. How do you handle stimulants? Are you okay with them? Yeah, I handle them just fine. Really? Um, yeah, what you're talking them. about, I think would just freak me the fuck out. If I, you, know, <laughs> you know, be able to just keep on running like that. Let me, let me, let me ask you guys a question. Everybody on the call here um, that we've all messed with Carterine and, and S9 have you guys noticed that if you do anything or engage in any kind of activity that makes your adrenaline kick up a little bit, don't you feel like the presence of adrenaline makes the GW, the effects of it a little bit stronger? Because I've been in, I've taken it towards the afternoon, uh, late nighttime, and I'm supposed to be going to bed. But if I do anything that gets me like even watching a UFC fight. It just gets a little bit of adrenaline going all of a sudden. I'm fucking wide awake again, more so with the GW than I would be without it. I think it, my body or at least my brain reacts differently. To my, my answer is emphatically no. I've not noticed that, but I don't consume stimulant. Maybe it's a stimulant, Rick. I don't know. I, yeah, it could, could be because I, I do not consume been, I don't know if Dylan stimulants. had a different experience, but absolutely not. No, I don't have any, well, anything like that. I can tell you this. In, all of my experience, not once have I personally had any sort of issue with it like that at all. However, there are some people, not many, but I would be, you know, failing to tell you that I've heard it from some people that it's affected their sleep negatively, but that is few and far between. I, but I, I have heard it. Uh, but I would say, I like, think, I, I think, I think any. it's anxiety. If you have adrenaline, I think adrenaline, I think it, it just doing something. I think it, to a level it could maybe amplify the way your your brain reacts to adrenaline. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I could be wrong completely. Well, not but to get on a touchy stuff. I, I notice, I notice if I get, if I'm on GW and I get amped up about anything, you know, I'm going to dojo or whatever, jitsu, it, it just, it feels different. It lasts longer. Maybe it, it keeps me up. Like almost if I drank coffee, it's, it's weird. In my case, at least when it comes to. I'll bring to in Nelson, but I just want to say this about EQ. I didn't have a chance. The nice thing about EQ is it raises your blood, blood cell count. Like you guys were saying, 
which is going to help your endurance. But the nice thing is it doesn't give you those pumps, those crippling pumps. So like Dylan was saying, you just keep running and running and running. You don't have to worry about the pumps, the back pumps and the leg pumps. And then number two, you know, you don't have to worry about water retention. So you're not carrying a jug of water like you would if you took testosterone. So those are the two beauty parts of EQ. It's why it's so good for endurance. For endurance, absolutely. See, now I'm one of those guys. I like the default pumps. <laughs> I um, I, I think that's. Part I like of, them too, but not if you're running. Like, what's well, no, not if you're running. Well, I, you know, yeah. I'm not a big runner. I'm never. I've never yeah. been a big uh, cardio guy. I get. We don't have cardio. like places to run in New York, though. You have a bunch of. Yeah, no, I can. I can run at Central Park. I can. I know, run, especially, yeah, that's a New I York. I can run all, along the the, uh, the bike path and all that. I I just I don't dig it. I just don't really. When I want a cardio workout, I just train fast. I train high reps, little rest between sets, and you know that's my thing. Now I will test my endurance on a treadmill, uh, <laughs> and that's how I tested the uh, the SR nine zero nine. Because first of all, psychologically, because I don't like running, I get bored, and that will fatigue you. Just like Rick's talking about having adrenaline being pumped up, it could go the other way as well. Yeah, so I, just, I gotta hit the back. I gotta go to dojo. I'm not a runner either. I, I get bored with it. Okay, but. Um, for and me, if you're running, I, if you're running like out in the woods and a trail, and I think it's you can make it more fun music. But yeah, it's boring if you're just on a treadmill. For yeah, uh, I can't stand I, it. Yeah, I'll, I'll do the park. yeah the um. There's a reservoir in Central Park. It's a mile. You know, I'll do that. You know, yeah. but uh, you need some hot chicks to to go run. With. Well, yeah, that helps. Um, <laughs> can I stop? <laughs> but uh, no, I, like when I tried the SR ninety oh nine. It's like, oh fuck! I'm just, I'm just to keep going here. I know I never did the cardamine, and this might be another topic in itself. I know that you know the studies where it showed it was cancer causing or exaggerated. I just, I'll tell a real quick story here. Years ago, I don't know if you guys remember Sweet and Low with saccharin. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was taken off the market because it caused cancer in mice, and they sued because they found out an equal. It took like you know, it's like eating ten boxes a day of saccharin. And that, that would be the case with any artificial sweetener. But my thing is, okay, maybe it would take a ridiculous amount of cardamine to actually cause cancer. But if it's causing it, there is some carcinogen there. And just like some people won't eat artificial sweetening, I want to stay away from anything that is potentially even the mildest bit toxic. Because I am really coming from the old school health thing. And that's one of the reasons I really like the SR9009 because, um, you know, not, they haven't found any uh, serious side effects so far. So I don't know about the card, but I don't want round the clock fat burning. I don't really need that. And oh, one other thing is the SR9009 did affect my sleep the first time I took it because I took it too late. And it is, does work with the your circadian rhythm. So I would suggest if you're going to do the SR9009 to do it, uh, your last dose like six o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't, I don't like it right before bed either. I never have. I know some people tend to do it, but I, I'm not a fan of that either. All right. So you guys want to move on to the next one? Uh, next one is, uh, let's see here, guys. So what drugs would you never, ever run? What are drugs that you just, you know, that are out, guys out there using and you yourself just wouldn't use? Well, if going with me, uh, I'm really conservative with this. I don't even like taking any vet drugs. And I know people say like, well, you know, Equipoise was a, uh, you know, a human drug and this, that, and the other thing. But, um, you know, something like Tren is 
I think everybody here will admit it's, it's not a healthy, <laughs> it's not a healthy drug. It's not going to make you healthier. People take no. trend because the results are just so magnificent. And uh, that's real tempting, but uh, I kind of made a promise to myself I wasn't going to do that. That if I was going to use steroids, it would be to sort of enhance. It, it's almost like cheating in, in an ethical way, if this makes sense. I, I almost look at steroids as something to like bump your natural training. Every now and then you get this little punt and it takes you to the next level and it gives you a little bit more muscle. And then you train naturally to hold on to that muscle. Then you do another little pump. That's always been my philosophy. And I think you could do drugs like, and I think Dylan agrees with me here. We, we both are primo lovers. Yep. You know, where you're just building solid muscle, you know, without taxing the body, to, um, the liver and everything else, uh, your LDL levels, your lipid levels. And um, that's, that's been my approach to just use them in, in a healthy way, which I know these days is not, they're not synonymous. But I do think that drug that steroids can be used in a healthy way. So that's why I avoid most uh, fat drugs and anything like trend or any harsh stimulants. That's that they're off the table for me. All right. What's your? Uh, what do you think, Dylan? What, 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 uh, what do you do, Dylan? Fuck. The problem is, is some of the shit that I won't touch now. I've already tried. So I'll tell you this: I won't ever touch halo testing again at all. Uh, super draw, never again. And trend, I will not do again. So three that I've tried that you won't catch me doing again with various reasons, those three. Uh, one that I haven't tried that I won't do is trust alone. And for several reasons, but obviously the main one for me is I'm very, very highly estrogen prone. And that's like one of the worst things that you could do. So, and then something like a check drop, a DNP. I won't go near that. I won't even advise anybody on it. I turn down paying clients. I won't touch clenbuterol. Um, I won't touch T3. Have you so, have you messed with check check drops? No, I have not. And then clenbuterol, no. you you mess with, right? No, I won't. I won't. I won't. Oh, do you it. haven't touched that one. And then the first couple with trend. Tell us your thoughts on trend. You won't touch it again. But why? Um, why? Why not? What happened when you took it that you didn't like? So I've ran trend four or five times now, and the emotional side effects for me, it, I don't like that at all. Cause I'm generally in pretty damn good control and to have something put you out of touch that much. Like it did to me with like reality, like of being depressed. And I'm like depressed. What the fuck? I, that is not anything in my vocabulary. And to have those kind of feelings like that. And then for whatever reason, I never had any kind of sexual side effect at all with it. And then the last time I ran it, I did. And I said, you know what? That's it. Because to me, that's the worst side effect you can have as a man, at least in my view. I said, no, no. I'm, I'm, with, you I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Yeah. So, I mean, so touch a little bit on the depression and tell us about Halo. Um, what didn't you like about Halo? Where you wouldn't run it again? So Halo and, and me and and Queenie, Queenie is my wife. Anybody's listening that doesn't know. Um, we're very, very close, right? And for her to tell me, please, whatever that was you just used, don't ever use it again. That's set, that's set enough. I mean, because we yeah. don't, we don't argue, we don't fight, and I'm not aggressive, and nothing like that happened. But I was just, I, I know I was just a prick 
like completely different from any normal behavior. So quick to be set off and to take things the wrong way. And like, I am not like Mr. Sensitive at all. And I was sensitive and it was like, what the fuck is going on here? You know? So no, thanks. I don't see any reason whatsoever to use halo at all. I guess if you're doing a contest, fine. But I would just say use Winstrol or Masteron. I just don't see the reason at all. But, you know, what do I know? I don't know. Good for, I, fighters. I just, Good for fighters for the aggression. That's what I always said. That was the only thing I ever recommended it for was MMA guys that don't want to gain weight and just want to go crazy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's a nasty drug, though. It's a really nasty drug. It is, 100%. Totally agree. Rick, follow up. Any questions? Um, shit, I fucking try anything, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you have everything, please. <laughs> but I, I stay away, obviously, DMP, insulin. No no place for insulin. No place That's for a good DMP. One, yeah, yeah uh, I forgot stay that. From, from Clan, you know, stay away. Fuck. And those are pretty much... The the three that I'm like, fuck clan. I'm afraid of it large in my heart. And plus, I I, I can diet. You know, I can just not fucking eat. I don't need a bunch of stimulants. Uh, definitely DMP, man. Just too many things that could go wrong with well, it. Too us, many variables. Yeah. And, and again, I've said it on the podcast. I don't have a I don't have a problem. Just not just don't fucking eat. Just fast or or just, just cut your fucking diet down. Don't need to go crazy with all these stimulants and run all this stuff through your through your body just to lose some body fat. Just just do it, man. Just diet down. And the insulin. Uh, I mean, it's just I I I think if you are a, a monster, if you are a professional guy, you're a monster. You're taking growth hormone and you're that big. I think you need to throw a little bit of insulin on top. You might, but then I think over time it ruins your physique. You know, even these top level guys, they turn into monsters big at first, but then it starts to ruin their physique with the midsection blowing out of proportion and and maybe some of the lines blurring a little bit. It's just I just don't really see a good use for it for it, guys like us. And unfortunately, um, bang for the buck is one of the more anabolic drugs you can buy bang for the buck. But it's just I don't think it, it builds a good quality physique. I, it there's a lot of bullshit that goes along with using it and uh, just not, not something I'd, I'd want to mess with, man. Well, it's, I agree, agree. man. it's anabolic mind. as a, it's cause it stores. I mean, as soon as it hits your body, your body goes in storage mode, but doesn't necessarily mean that's a good thing. I mean, look at the average American, my gosh. I mean, come to, yeah. uh, come to the South or Midwest and look at fucking, yeah, they got a lot of insulin going on. Well, you, you, can't, <laughs> you, you will not find a guy over 40 who doesn't have a fucking gut anymore. And in the, the South, there's that guy from the Forum's Body Monster. I think he probably uses a lot of insulin. <laughs> He's from Texas. <laughs> Your boy, Body Monster? But I mean, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, like, what is wrong? Hey, hey, Steve, you should fucking go to the Iowa State Fair sometime with me, and then you can really oh fucking God. see some shit. <laughs> Just some real shit. Oh my god! The 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 who's bigger, the pigs there or the, the fucking people? Dude, you know? it's, it's it's fucking close, <laughs> brother. It's close. It's a, it's a close competition. No shit. Good quality American uh, cuisine. Hey, listen. Anything you've ever wanted on a stick, I am not shitting you. You can Google it. The Iowa State Fair is like top five in the in the nation. 
And it's like anything you want on a stick, you can buy it. I am not lying. When hey, was the last time they cleaned those fucking kitchens in those places? Man, who knows? But these motherfuckers are walking around with these 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 big ass turkey legs, walking around, slapping, eating them, and shit. Like it's fucking crazy, man. It's just crazy. You'd never believe I was from Iowa. Oh. And by the way, Steve, the pots are not dirty. The oil is not dirty. They're seasoned. <laughs> it's like good. That's, what, that's what you call it. I'm, I'm, I'm cooking a seasoned pot. I'm sure, I'm sure the, you know, the, what's it called? Whatever they come, they regulate. They come and they check on it, make sure they keep the place clean. Oh, yeah. Making the food over there. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, guys. So. Ready for next one? Last, yeah. last one to wrap it up. Um, each of us, yeah. let's just kind of share two or maybe three kind of quick tips, uh, lifestyle secrets, stuff that stuff that maybe you have figured out, but that you maybe notice a lot of you don't hear people talking about out there. Just a couple of uh, quick tips. Well, maybe. the best lifestyle is swinging. You know <laughs> it's the best. It's the best stress reliever. No. no. <laughs> I'll let Nelson, Nelson tell us for first year uh... Oh man, that's a loaded question. That's a big one. Um, okay, I'll, 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 I gotta go back old school again, right? I'll say as far as training goes, uh, one tip I would give that you don't see too often that I think is really invaluable is, it's gonna sound a little crazy, is when you train a body part, let's say whatever, it's chest and tries. You do one chest exercise and one tricep exercise. Do whatever, however many sets it is. Maybe, you know, 10 sets of bench presses, whatever it might be. That way you find out what exercises are most effective for you. See, guys go in there, they're doing inclines, declines, this and that. They really don't know which ones are working. Steve Reeves said he only did um, seated dumbbell curls because that's what worked best. So why do a, a less efficient exercise? Just find out what works best for you. And then there's a multitude of ways of breaking up. Uh, a routine, you're training heavy, you're training light, low rest between, uh, short rest between sets, training quickly. Uh, you know, there's a million ways to break it up, but find the exercises that are uh, effective for you. And this is a part of the process. This is a part of the process that should be fun. But I know, again, a lot of guys are just looking for that shortcut. You know, give me some uh, trend and I'll do some concentration cur curls and look good at the beach. But um, that would be one, one training tip. I like that. Dylan, you're up. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's good. I, I, it's smart because then you learn, like you said, and, and test it out. Um, one of the things that I refused to do for so long, and, and Rick even had said something to me in the past about it, was not ever wanting to take a rest day. And the value and importance of resting at least a couple of days throughout the week. I, I can't stress it enough how many people I've seen overtrain and, you know, training when they're not well or sick or trying to sweat it out and things like that. All these things like that I used to do. I would tell you, you have got to take your rest day. You've got to take care of yourself. You've got to rest when you need it. Now, I, I don't I don't like all this cheat meal this and do this and do that and break away from things. I don't like that. But you've got to let your body rest. You have to, you got to get a couple days a week. You've got to take the right time in between muscle groups, let your, your muscles grow. And a lot of people don't take care of that and they never get the results that they should get 
or they feel like they're not getting where, or you hear that infamous hit their plateau after only two years of training. There's a lot of factors in there. It's not just switching your routine and your, your diet and everything else. Those are all important, but there's other things that could, could compound and make it worse. And a lot of that is not understanding your body. So you've got to pay attention and learn it and, and not just go in there and think you know everything, you know? So that's what I would tell people. Always be open to learning. Dylan, how often, how long are your training sessions when you work out? So my, my run is like an hour and a half. So, but I'm not going to factor that in. I try to get in and get out, man. I'm like 45 minutes lifting because I'm efficient. I don't talk and I just get in and get out with the lifting. Because I, I completely agree with what you're saying, but I'm the kind of person that I am better off going in maybe five, six days a week only because of the habit of it. Because I right. know if I take a few days off, it's hard for me to get back into it. But I don't train, but I'll go, I'll do a 20 minute workout just so I'm going to the gym, I'm working whatever two body parts, and I'm out of there. And the rest, as far as my cardio, that's walking or riding a bike. So I don't even include that. But for me, it's better to do six days a week at 20 minutes than to really hit it super hard and then take more days off. That's. But now, so how far me. away are you from your gym? You probably just have uh, to walk there, right? Yeah, yeah, a few blocks away. Yeah, that's the problem because um, we live like, you know, out in the Midwest or the South, whatever. Sometimes you have to drive 30, 45 minutes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to go six days a week. You know, um, yeah. and drive every day, 45 minutes there, 45 minutes back in the traffic. You know, that's the thing. I think that's a big advantage, like actually being able to walk to your gym. You probably have a gym. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not going to say the fucking, what I was going to say. But you have your a fucking gym in your apartment complex, right? Uh, I do not. But, um, you know, I always keep some dumbbells in the house. I would do something like that. I, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I've always been kind of, well, you know what? When I first started, I was a kid. I, was, I started really, really young. I had to take like, you know, two buses <laughs> to get to a gym. The gyms weren't on every corner back in, you know, back in the- uh, Back in the 30s? Day. Yeah, back yeah. when the dinosaurs <laughs> roamed the earth. Um, but, um, I, you know what? It's, I, I mean, Dylan's point is well taken. People do overtrain. The key is not to overtrain. I'm just saying, I'm just talking about a different approach. For me, I'd rather do a little bit more often than a lot with the big rest periods. That's all. It's just a methodology. Okay. Well, so give yeah, us one more. Multiple ways. Yep. Give us one more tip, Nelson, and then uh, Dylan, give us another tip. Uh, another tip concerning. Uh, all right. Well, uh, I, again, I'll, I'll go very, very basic when it comes to uh, diet. I, I've always believed everybody says how important diet is. I think it's real simple, you know, emphasize protein. And uh, if you want to gain, you got to eat more. And if you want to, you know, cut, you got to eat less. It's, it's real simple. I mean, my dad was a, was a professional boxer. And, you know, back in those days, it was when they had to make weight, it was like the steak and salad diet. And when you get right down to it, it kind of made sense. It was sort of almost a keto thing, you know, lay off the starches because it's real easy to eat a lot of carbs and, and retain weight that way. But uh, every time somebody says, what do I do to gain weight? What do I take? All this shit. It's like, just get the fucking fork out of your face, man. You know, that's, uh, that's, that's what it comes down to. The amount of food that we eat. Yeah. What a I was second saying, the amount too. of food yeah. we eat in America is just insane. Like, if you go to any other country and visit, they don't eat the way we eat. The portions, you go to a restaurant even, the portions are completely different. Oh, yeah. And people just don't want to waste it. It's like you bought it anyway. I'll, I'll throw half the fucking meal out sometimes. It's too much food. Would you... Would you 
you guys would agree that the the weight loss drugs are actually more dangerous than the steroids, the anabolic drugs, right? Oh yeah. How, how many weight loss drugs have been pulled off the market after after being approved? And, and then they all backfire. The every every one of them backfire because your body always wants to maintain homeostasis. So if you're giving it stimulants, it's going to try and balance that out by slowing its own metabolism down. And then you go off the drug, and you got a sluggish metabolism. So you not only gain the weight back, you gain more fat. So it's so far back as the 30s, 50s, and 60s, uh, people were using DMP and and even meth in supplements as as, a, as as weight loss, something that people have been concerned with this whole time. And we've used all types of really dangerous drugs. I wanted a second what Nelson said about diet. Journal your diet and, and just watch what the fuck you're putting in your mouth. I, I run across a lot of guys that ask for help and they all say, oh, I can't lose weight and I eat very little. I eat like a bird. I eat a tiny bit. I just can't lose this weight. That's fucking bullshit, man. You're probably not journaling what you're actually putting in your mouth. You're probably making a few stops in the refrigerator. Each stop is, you know, a couple hundred calories that you're not accounting for. And that's what's keeping you there. Uh, there's there's all these albuterol, clambuterol, T3. I mean, there's all these drugs out there that are quite dangerous. The, the fat loss drugs can actually have some of the worst effects on your body, worse than, than the steroids or the SARMs could, and very immediate uh, short-term side effects. Uh, some of these fat loss drugs that have made it to market have been pulled off by, by the FDA. So it's it's just controlling your, your fucking appetite, man, and controlling the, the diet and the eating. A lot of people out there taking so many more drugs than they really need to be taken just because they can't fucking keep the fork out of their mouth. It's incredible. It's, you know, DMP. We've discussed DMP. You're, you're, you're going through all this discomfort, putting, you know, putting your life in danger, really, and going through this discomfort. Uh, so that you can lose fat, but you're still going to eat like you're taking the DMP. And then on the days you take the DMP, you're still ingesting calories. How about don't take the DMP and don't have the food either. And, and then you're, you're, you're better off that way. Just fucking fast it out. You know, a lot of, just too many fat loss drugs and not enough guys out there trying to just really get their eating under control, breaking uh, this, you know, it's an addiction to this ready energy. You shouldn't be lightheaded and, and in pain with hunger. If you've got, fat that 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 fat is already in your body is already stored is ready for use why would your brain be driving you insane asking you to stuff your face with more calories it's an addiction to that ready energy you're not supposed to be crippled by hunger that by hunger the way a lot of people are that are addicted to to uh to these to this very short-term kind of fast energy so that's that's one thing toss in there uh nelson is a good good point about the dieting yeah, it works every time. If you um, expend more calories than you ingest, you're going to lose weight. You're going to burn fat. Simple as that. So many guys claim that they eat very little but can't lose weight. It's women too, especially, too. I tell them all, I say, look, man, if, if, if this was legit, the man in black could come and get you. They'll dissect you. We're going to make super soldiers that don't, don't need any food. We're going to make super soldiers that, that can just, just go on day after day on 500, 600 calories. Just like your fat ass. Yeah, like your fat ass. You're sitting here, you know, 20, 24% by that, talking about you eat very little. Just get the fuck out of here. Yep. Agreed. Dude, that shit pisses me off to the highest extent. The highest extent. Fuck, the, it, it, like it sums it up because I see it daily that people write that shit, 
And it's just like, come on, man. Seriously, like, don't feed us that that nonsense. It's just nonsense. Just fucking admit what you do so we can help you figure it out. You know? I don't know. This fantasy land shit. It, it, it's, it just makes you look bad when you lie about it because it's obvious. There's no way you're eating very little and 25% body fat. I'm sorry. It's just not happening. You know what's interesting? I mean, everybody here is obviously an expert and authority on this. And you, we're all well aware of the fact that, you know, some of these drugs do remarkable things. I think the problem is some of the people listening in, some of the audience or people on message boards and whatnot, they think that, oh, well, there's just a drug for everything. And when you tell them, no, dude, you got to just eat less, it, it doesn't comprehend. I mean, to come across that where they just they don't want to accept the fact that that's what they have to do. They think there's there's some magic bullet out there that's going to be the answer. Oh yeah. Same thing. They're all, like, "What steroids should I use to gain mass?" How about you take every set to failure? How about you do that? How about you keep pushing even when your muscles really, really hurting and really, really sore, and you do that day after day? Then you think about the drugs later. But a lot of guys aren't even training to full capacity, and really. Thinking about what they're going to stack and what they're going to do is incredible. I know, man. I know. Yeah. All right, guys. Yeah. So, um, any 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 other tips you guys have, Dylan and Nelson? Any other tips? Uh, any any tips aside from diet? Any you share with... one. You share one, uh, Steve. You haven't sh shared a tip yet. You share one. <laughs> you share a tip. Um, look, guys. It's it's not so much about. Um, our bodies are a lot more complex. This is the thing, like, here's the thing. If you're 25% body fat, you've never been a, a skinny person. Like you've always been overweight your whole life. It's not going to be as easy to get down. So my counterpoint is to all people listening, you know, if you have a friend or a relative or something, they're struggling to lose weight. Instead of like saying, you know, telling them, you know, eat less, eat less, eat less. That may not be the best solution for them to tell them to eat less because what's happening is their homeostasis might be 25% body fat. So if you tell them to eat less, they may lose some, you know, weight initially, but over time they'll just gain it all back because they're just going to crash their metabolism. So instead of telling them eat less, tell them to eat the right foods instead. Yeah. So if you eat a hamburger from McDonald's, it's different than eating a hamburger that you cook yourself. You cook yourself the hamburger, you use coconut oil, you put some salt, some pepper on it, and you use a bun, a natural bun that has almond flour and eggs as, as ingredients versus white bread or versus, you know, smothering the burger in canola oil. It's going to be different. It's going to go in your body to cause a different thing. And it's very important to understand, you know, it's not just about like how much you eat, it's what you eat. That's, that's very important. So, I mean, if you eat 3000 calories a day and it's all like cookies and cake, it's not going to be the same. And then the, the second tip is gut. How important is our gut health with goes into the type of foods? If you're eating food and you don't feel good after, or your bowel movements aren't normal, you're having diarrhea or you have constipation, like most people, every other commercial on TV is for Pepto-Bismol or some antacid medication or, um, you know, uh, a stool softener or something like that. You walk into any pharmacy, the, they have a whole display for this stuff. It's like, it's not normal to have these types of gut deficiencies. So you have to look at what you're eating, how much you're eating, all this stuff, it all makes a difference. It's not just about 
you know, I'm going to eat less. You have to know what you're putting in your body. It's very, very important. So gut health is extremely important. And 85% of people out there in the United States have poor gut health. And that's, you know, it's going to lead to all kinds of diseases and problems going on. It's just not normal. Like it's not normal to take a dump and stink up the whole bathroom, stink up your whole house. It's just not normal. This and people accept that it's normal. And um, I don't go to public bathrooms, especially since COVID. I don't go to public bathrooms. But when, I used, anyway. <laughs> when I used to go to public bathrooms, it just amazed me how there'd be a guy sitting on the fucking toilet for 35 minutes straight, taking a dump. And I'm like, that's not normal. You shouldn't need 35 <laughs> minutes to have a bowel movement. I mean, you know, Steve, what I, I agree with Steve, uh, but the devil's advocate of that is, and, and you probably all come across this as well. You have the people who overeat and it's like, oh, but I'm eating whole grain bread or, you know, they think they're eating a lot of food. But and the first ingredient is refined flour. Well, they, well yeah. that's going to be the case, you know, but I mean, it, it, I've, I don't, met, I've met overweight vegetarians and vegans that are that's overweight. True. There you go. Yeah. I, I, you know, you can't. Let's put it this way. I don't think you could good food your way to being thin or being fit or being lean. I think that uh, it still at some point comes down to if you if you have the metabolism that you were talking about, Steve, where you're just naturally heavy and you've always been heavy. I think the answer there is you got to move more. You got to burn more calories. If you need yeah, to your amount. metabolism will crash if you're sedentary, if you're not working out. But if you're weight training, um, even even with a, a lower caloric intake, it's kind of hard for you for your body to do that and lower its caloric expenditure. But yeah, it's a uh, you know it weight training and dieting along with the diet, man. It's, it's, it sounds like we're back to basics, but a lot of people. Some guys are just skipping some of these basics and going right to the drugs questions and the stacks questions and they're not, they're not even, their, their diet is not even on point. Yet. But here's the problem. You're bombarded with billions of dollars of advertising. You turn on the TV and there's nothing on TV being advertised that's healthy. If they would advertise healthy stuff on TV, it would be different, but they don't. They advertise junk food, restaurant food. So and they, they advertise it. They're so obnoxious. They advertise this shit as being healthy. So to blame people for being overweight, I think that's not fair because they spent how much on Subway telling people that eating subs from Subway, which is all processed food, can, can make you thin. And the funny thing is Jared was never even thin. He, was, he went from being obese to just fat, but they still <laughs> advertised it. As, and now people, if you ask people, they'll think that Subway, you can actually lose weight eating Subway. Which is That's part of being a bodybuilder, don't you think? I mean, look, if it were easy, everybody would look as good as we do. <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> you know, we have, uh, this is a part of the bodybuilding lifestyle. You have to know what good food is. You have to know, you know, how much to eat and what not to eat. And like Steve is saying, you know, the foods that are going to avoid, I think certain conditions, because I have acid reflux. It's something I developed later in life that sucks. But yeah, things like constipation and all that. But I think that's just a part of the bodybuilding lifestyle. I think that, uh, you know, but... I'm oh, bodybuilders have horrible gut health, Nelson. I'm not saying they don't. Well, I'm, when they I say bodybuilding, I, I mean bodybuilding in the traditional sense. Um, not in the, uh, you know, competitive... Mystery. Yeah, these competitive bodybuilders, they eat so much food. Oh, yeah. Their guts are under constant attack. Yeah. And yeah, they don't no, have a chance. Not that kind of bodybuilder. Not professional bodybuilder. Yeah. Professional body has nothing to do with health. I'm talking about the bodybuilding lifestyle where if you want to just feel as strong as you can be and be as healthy as you can be and live as long as you can and, and look as young as you can for as long, all that shit and be muscular. And see, I grew up with the whole thing. Like I, I want to look like a God. 
And I wanted to look like a Greek statue. I didn't want to look like, you know, fucking Ronnie Coleman. I think it looks ridiculous. So that's what I'm talking about, the, uh, the bodybuilding lifestyle. And diet is a part of that. I don't think you need to be fanatical, but I do think you need to emphasize good, pure, clean food at the right balance, not too much, and uh, keep it simple. You know, those Greek statues got really, really tiny penises. I never wanted to look like one. Yeah. <laughs> why are you even looking at that? Why are you looking at that, dude? I Look at the whole statue, that. man. Look at the whole statue. You didn't even notice the penis? Buddy, we got to have a talk after this podcast. Bro. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, talking about this podcast, uh, uh, I think it was a great podcast today, man. Thank you guys for coming out. Thank you, uh, uh, Nelson Montana. Thank you, Dylan, uh, for coming out and, and helping us out today with the Q&A. Had a great time today, yeah. guys. It was awesome. Thank you. Had fun. Yeah. Awesome, man. Enjoyed it. All right, guys. So this is episode 394. If you want to talk to Dylan, you want to talk to Nelson, you want to talk to me, you want to talk to Rick, come on the forums, evolution.org. Shoot us a question, post up a thread, put up a log. We'd love to hear from you guys. Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys. Later. All right. See you guys. Later. All right, I'm hanging up the call, guys. Have a good one. Have a good night. All right, guys. All right, see you, man. All right. Later. Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program.